0: Understanding Bible Basics includes acquiring some information regarding the end times. Because the end times are part of God's Word, and if it's there, it's for us to know. God put in His Word what the future holds, so we could be prepared, we can be ready, and also not be fearful. So are you listening to New Hope Radio Radio.live YouTube and Facebook you can catch us there WARV 1590 AM 92.7 FM and later on the Hope Club Podcast all our messages are there as well 31 countries over 5,000 downloads get on board support New Hope Radio join the Hope Club go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar. It's all there. All the information you need, it's right there. So, what is some of the information regarding End Times events? We've noticed a few things. we noticed the Antichrist. What is the spirit of the Antichrist? And who's the person of the Antichrist? We noted... The mark of the beast, uh, that's going to come in the Great Tribulation. No one can buy or sell without the mark. Can't hold a job. Basically going to be living underground, probably. It's not going to be a good time. Great Tribulation, that's why it's called the Great Tribulation. So, we're looking at John's vision of these Old Testament events. That's the book of Revelation. And in John's vision, God opens a scroll with seven seals. And they tell of what will happen during that time, the Great Tribulation. And I believe it's rolled up because papyrus sealed with a seal, right? That's its a rolled up papyrus with a seal on it. Maybe a wax seal, something like that. So the seal has to be broken and the scroll has to be unraveled. And every time you unravel a scroll, there's another one inside of it, and another one, and another one, until all seven scrolls are opened. Today we're going to begin the mini-series, The Seven Seals of Redemption. I mean, Revelation. <laughs> Wish it was redemption. The Seven Seals of Revelation. And we're going to get to the first two scrolls the first two seals. Okay? So we pick it up in Revelation 5, in verse 1, and here's what John said. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back and sealed up with seven seals. Now, of course, in John's day, they didn't have books with binders like we have today. The book was a scroll rolled up. Okay? Apparently, it was written on both sides. In verse two, he said, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? So it's a special scroll. We know that because not anyone can open it. Verse three, no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly, because no one was found worthy to open the book. Hmm. And one of the elders said to, to me, stop weeping. Stop crying, John. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stop weeping. The lion that's from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he is overcome so as to Open the book, and it's seven seals. Yeah, that's Jesus. What did he overcome? The grave. He rose from the dead, ascended into heaven. He's the one that's worthy to open the scroll. So it's Jesus Jesus Christ himself shows up on the scene. And he's going to open it up, and now we're going to look into it. Let's see what it says there. Revelation 6, verse 1. Then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, as with a voice of thunder, Come! Now, question. Who are these living creatures? Well, Revelation 4.6 says, Before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center and around the throne... Were four living creatures, full of eyes, and front, and behind. So, these are those creatures. Okay. Now let's talk about the scroll before we see what's in it. First of all, the seals are broken, and the scroll is unrolled, and we don't see words. You know what we see? Symbols. We see horses and riders as they appear, and then suddenly they vanish off the scene secondly no person in the vin in the vision is identified as a living character hmm thirdly the symbols are subject to interpretation as far as human wisdom can determine and believe you me with every book you may read you'll find a different interpretation of these characters and what they mean okay the opening of the seven seals covers the entire seven years of the Great Tribulation. The first seal, when he opens the scroll, what appears is a white horse and a rider. Revelation 6.1 Then I saw when the lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures, remember them, full of eyes, saying as with a voice of thunder, come. Now, the King James says, come and see. But that has been rejected by Bible scholars because it really says, come, and I'll tell you why. Come and see has a whole different meaning as to the word come. It's an imperative mood, which means it's a command with exclamatory force. The voice says, it's a voice of thunder, and it says, Come! So when he said, when the Lamb broke the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, with a voice of thunder, Come! I looked up, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and the crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. So, This word, come, he's not calling the lamb or John to come and see what's in the scroll. He's not saying, come and see what is written. He's saying, come to the horse and the rider. It's like a movie that's being played out across the papyrus. And here comes the first characters, a rider on a white horse. There are two suggestions as to who or what the horse and the rider represent. First of all, the wrong suggestion. It is commonly wrong to call them Jesus Christ and the gospel, as some do. And I'm going to tell you why they're wrong. This is not Jesus coming out in the first scroll. Because in Revelation 19.11, John said, I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. So Christ comes later, not especially during the Great Tribulation. This rider wears many diadems. Hmm. When Jesus comes on the scene, He's going to have his own crown. And by the way, his bride will be with him. That's us. Oh, we're coming back with Christ on white horses too. He's not coming back alone. Oh, no. Because he's coming back to set up his kingdom, and we're coming to rule with him. So back in Revelation 6, the crown of this rider is a Stephanos, a victor's crown. We've got to remember that these seals... They speak of the disasters to come upon the earth. And to picture Christ in the scene would really be out of place. Jesus doesn't come to bring calamity and chaos and disaster. Oh, he's going to come and make war, but he's going to establish a kingdom of peace. This rider is actually the Antichrist, a counterfeit Christ. He's on a white horse. He has a bow, but he's got no arrows, and he comes in the guise of deceit. We talked about this last time. The Antichrist is the deceiver. The whole world wonders after him. The deception is so strong that the whole world wonders after him. He's also not crowned, but he's later given a crown. He'll be elevated to the head of the ten federated kingdoms of the revived Roman Empire. See, people will give him the crown. Rule over us. Be our king. Be our God. Be our Messiah, is what they'll say. His triumphs will be diplomatic rather than military. He'll have wonder-working powers. And when he comes, the world will will be ready to receive him. You know why? Because all the Christians are gone. You know who's left on the earth at the time of the Antichrist? All Christ rejectors. If they reject Christ, they're going to accept somebody else because of the great deception. He will rise from the ranks until a crown is given to him. As a matter of fact, Daniel prophesied about this in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 21. In his place, a despicable person will arise on whom the honor of kingship has not been conferred, but he will come in a time of tranquility and seize the kingdom by intrigue. Intrigue means something very smooth or flattering. He will use deceptive words to gain the affection of the people on the earth. That's what he will do. Paul said in Thessalonians 2 9, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. And here's why because they did not receive the love of the truth. So as To be saved. See, the danger of being left on the earth in the tribulation when you're not saved is to believe the lie. Right now, there's little lies all over the earth. But the big one, oh, that's the one that's going to take everybody down. The biggest deception of all. That's the Christ, and he's not. He's the false Christ. He's the anti Christ. That's where he got his name. The Antichrist, he's against Christ. The deception, people think he's Christ, but he's not. He's against Christ and everything he stands for. He's the prodigy of Satan, and he's coming out on his white horse. And Paul said, for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false. I'm like, wow, wow. See, delusion is the reward of disbelief. Think about that. For those that disbelieve, they will enter into delusion. For those that believe, they enter into truth. But for those that disbelieve, they enter into delusion. Can you see why true faith in the Word of God is so important? That's where it all begins, because if not, the only other alternative, delusion, is the reward of disbelief. I'll tell you what, delusion is a very dangerous place to be. You know why? Because it means you think you're in a good place, but you're in a bad place. That's delusion. You ever say to someone, are you deluded? (laughs) <laughs> ever say to you, uh, they, they probably said to you because of your faith, are you deluded? And you're like, no, man, I know the truth, but you're deluded. If you don't know the truth of Christ, you're deluded. And with the tribulation to come today, you would be in it, all the way, up to your eyebrows. So the first horse, the first seal, the voice cries out, Come. And the horse and the rider ride out like a movie playing across the papyrus. And then the second seal is open and a red horse enters. When he broke the second seal in verse three, I heard the second living creature saying, come. And remember, it's a thundering voice. It's an imperative mood. It's a command. It's like all these horses are waiting in the wings to make their appearance. And the living creature cries out, come! And in verse 4, and another, a red horse. By the way, what shade of red is this? Blood red. And he went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to him to take peace from the earth, and that men would slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. So apparently, we're entering into the middle of the tribulation now. The first horse rode out, it kicked off the tribulation, and people wondered after the Antichrist. And they received the mark of the beast. And they raised him up. And they crowned him. And they said, he's my leader. And he brought a false peace to the earth for three and a half years. And then the angel, or the the living creature, cried out, come! And out came the second rider. On a blood-red horse. See, the first rider and the first horse... They made their appearance, and everybody was so happy. Oh, yes, here's our ruler. What a wonderful ruler. He introduced a one-money system and a one-world government and a one-world religion. Oh, it's so wonderful. Until the second horse comes out. And it says a great sword was given to him. The word great is the word megas. And the word sword is the word machaira. And it means a sword used for killing, whether it's animals or people. It's a dagger. As a matter of fact, the Roman advantage in combat was the short sword, where they could get up close and hand-to-hand combat with their enemy. The enemies had these long swords. But if a Roman soldier got up close, he brought out his 12-inch dagger, Whoa! rammed it in him. Close combat with a Roman meant doom for the guy with the longsword. And as I said, red is the color of blood. You know, in Matthew 24, Jesus foretold of these events. He said in verse 6, You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. So Jesus gave a heads up to people, be ready. I believe we're in the tremors of this. I believe that, you know, it's like when a wave is coming into the beach and it hits the beach, and you get that little the little ripple. But outside is the big wave. I believe we're in the little ripples, and the big wave's coming. Oh, yeah. It's going to smash on the earth. Things are going to happen. Some, wars, some people suggest that these wars are by those who are insubordinate to the Antichrist. There will be those believers that say no. There might be unbelievers that say no. I don't know, I won't be there. Hasn't happened yet. But there will be civil wars among the nations. So you can see how the Antichrist, he's gonna play a big role in these wars. He might bring world peace. Others suggest it's Jesus himself, but that doesn't happen until the end of the tribulation, the second coming. Let's not mix up the second coming of Christ with the rapture, because the rapture precedes the tribulation. The second coming follows the tribulation. There are those that don't believe in the rapture of the church. I say to them, okay, when we go up, we'll wait for you. Because the tribulation is a time of judgment. And Christians will not be judged again because we've already been judged on the cross. Christ took our judgment. There's no need for double judgment. So we'll be in heaven at the Bema seat getting our rewards, whether it's gold, silver, precious gems, or wood, hay, and straw. But that'll during the seven years on the earth, we'll be in heaven, being married to the Lamb, and then we come back for the wedding supper. Now, we have two more horses and riders. We have a black horse and a pale horse, which are going to ride out. We're not done. And we're going to see them next time. But for now, as the period of the Great Tribulation begins, we have, number one, the arrival of the Antichrist. Secondly, the outbreak of wars. And next time we're together, we're going to see what follows the wars. But I'll tell you what, it's not going to be pretty. Nothing pretty follows war. What does war leave behind in its tracks? Death, devastation, destruction. Nothing good. Nothing good comes from war. And that's why the Antichrist, he's going to play a big part in these wars. And again, we can only interpret these pictures the best we can. And there's all kinds of books written that all disagree with each other. But there's one thing we can't agree on, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And now is the time, right now, to prepare for the future. The future's coming. There's no stopping it. So whether you're on the good side of the future or the bad side of the future, right now you can determine where you will be by what you do with Jesus Christ. What will you do with him? Will you reject him? Or will you follow him and be a believer and be a disciple of Christ and learn about Christ and who he is and what he's done? See, that's why God gave us today. You have today so you can shape your tomorrow. What your tomorrow looks like is depending upon what you do today with Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? The tribulation could begin any day. It could begin tomorrow. It could begin next week. It could be begin in your lifetime. It could begin in your children's lifetime, even in your grandchildren's lifetime. We don't know. But we only have while we're alive to prepare. Are you alive today? Then that's your opportunity to prepare. And you don't know when you'll stop being alive. If the tribulation didn't come tomorrow, but your life could end tomorrow. So it's the same thing. Are you prepared? Do you know Christ? as your Savior, because when He died on the cross, He took your judgment, and the moment you believe, you ascertain that judgment, and it becomes yours. In other words, He died in your place. But if you refuse to believe, guess what? You still own it. You own your judgment, and it's yours, and you'll be judged. So why would anyone want to do that when Christ has already died and done the work and taken it? You just appropriate it by believing by accepting it. That's it. It's that simple. That's why the gospel is called good news. He that believes is not condemned. But he that doesn't believe is condemned already. See, we go through life condemned until we receive Christ as Savior. And the moment you receive Christ as Savior, the condemnation is removed. Romans 8.1, there is now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. There's none, because he took it. Okay, But until that point, we stand condemned by God, not because of what we've done, but because of who we are. With the offspring of Adam. We have a sin nature. And that's what condemns us. So Jesus said, you must be born again. When you're born again, the word again means anothen from above. It's a spiritual birth. At that moment, the condemnation is removed and you stand righteous before God. And now you have what's required to live with God forever, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, the topic of the seven seals, not a fun topic. Then we're going to get into the judgments. Oh, man. It's nothing anybody wants to go through. People go through it because of ignorance. Bible ignorance. Ignorance. And that's why we're here every day, so people are not biblically ignorant. And that's why we have the Hope Club and the Hope Club podcast. Because we want messages to go out into all the world. Did I say we're in 31 countries? Over 5,000 downloads just last year of our messages. People are hungry for the Word of God. And I believe we bring a good, simple applicable message that helps people. So become part of our team. Support us. Go to newhorpradio.live, Click the menu bar. Get on board for three bucks a week. We'll help you. You help us. That's the way it works. (laughs) We'll be back next time for more of the seven seals of Revelation. See you next time.